Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. So Greg's not here. <laughs> he's not? He's in Belize. I know, he's not in the Belize. He's in the ball. He better not be. Different. <laughs> no, 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 to uh, lead tonight. Facilitate. Facilitate was the word yeah. used. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Do I pray and then we read and... Yeah, read what do you want to do? All right, I'll pray. <laughs> All right, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. Uh, we ask that, Lord, that you'd be in the midst of our conversation and uh, that you'd pour out your spirit, Lord. Uh, that you would open up our hearts to hear what it is that you'd have for us. <laughs> together as a group, maybe individually, uh, Lord, uh, that we could leave with something um, to take with us in our weeks and days ahead, Lord, and uh, um, just uh, to make it more that we know you more. Um, so we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So when we left, left our wandering father of the faith, <laughs> he had lied about his wife, survived the famine, and traveled back up into Canaan. Oh, by the way, we're it's the end, he's referring to the end of Genesis 12, if anyone didn't know. So maybe we should just read, it, read the first paragraph and... Uh, We're at here. All right, I'll read it, and then you can, you can go. Okay. All right. So verse thirteen. So we said. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could no longer dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Um, so, you know, obviously Abraham gets, uh, Abram at the time, um, he apparently picked up a lot of wealth while in Egypt. He and Lot, actually, mm -hmm. both of them uh, acquired lots of wealth, um, and obviously are running into some issues. Um, I think it's interesting now that they're heading back to Bethel, um, where he originally camped, so... Yeah, that's what I, I I picked up too. Is that he went back to the beginning, basically. So is this a reset for him? <laughs> you know, and it, the place and it says the place where he built an altar the first, and there he right. called upon the name of the Lord. So after he had in trouble, he's coming back. Hopefully, going to restart. You know, and I think that I think that's a good point. That you know, that's sort of where we have to be sometimes. Is go back to the if if you get off track, go back to the place where you last on track. Seek God and find out, okay, which way should I go now? So I thought that was a little... And this happens a lot. This happens a lot in the early parts of Genesis. People go back to the beginning. It says after um, let's see, so Isaac is right. So a little bit later we're going to read about Abraham digging wells. And then there's, there's, there's conflict over the wells. But then you see um, Isaac and it says, and he dug again the wells that his father Abraham had dug. So there's a there's a... There's some uh, symbology there that he was going back to the old ways, you know, and and, and trying to reestablish connection, I guess, and reestablish uh, what he had what he had known from his father, right? So, 
And it was interesting because Will had brought up the idea of well, he really couldn't find in Scripture anywhere where Abraham or Abram was wrong at this point. Um, but I do find it interesting because I think you were mentioning last week how um, he didn't seek the Lord to go to go down there, and how in verse four it says, "And there Abram called on the name of the Lord." So not only does he return to the place where he builds builds the altar to the house of God, Bethel, right? There he calls on the name of the Lord. Um, and it's like the first time mentioned that he has done so since his time in Egypt. It also says, um, what does it say? He went up from Egypt, whereas in verse 10, in chapter 12, it says he went down to Egypt. Hmm. So it's kind of like what you're saying, he's going back to hmm. reset. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of directions later. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an interesting point. So what else do we see in this first paragraph here? Verses 2 to 7. It's very good. So lots, lots, uh, lots doing good by hanging with Uncle Abel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's important to draw your attention to, like, so what was the original command? To go out um, without anyone. Right. Yeah. To the land where God would show him, right? So yeah. it's not from his family, from the place that he, he lived, and to a place that he would show him. And so then he winds up in a place with where God didn't lead him, mm -hmm. and with Actually. others that weren't necessarily supposed to be with him. Right. Of course, he picks up other treasures while in, <laughs> yeah. including Hagar. But we'll discuss that later, probably. So what does it say about here? here and uh, what does it say about Lot and Abram and their relationship here? In this first paragraph, at least. Well, it seems like they're working it out, but their herdsmen are having trouble. Hmm. I felt like maybe they weren't. You thought that Abram and Abraham lot weren't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't clear. It doesn't say really one way or another. But it, right. it does indicate that the herdsmen were having trouble. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't sure whether or not they were. Yeah, it's not. It's not said clearly either way. But um. yeah, verse eight. Oh, you got. We didn't get there yet. <laughs> Okay, I guess we should read. Why don't you, Baron? Why don't you read eight through thirteen then? Go with modern English. So Abram told Lot, "Please, let's not have strife between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen." since we are relatives. Isn't the whole land available to you? Let's separate. You go to the left, and I will go to the right. You go to the right, and I will go to the left. How far do you want me to go? No, keep going. Just, just yell stop. Uh, <laughs> Lot looked around and noticed that the whole Jordan plain, as far as Zoar, was well watered like the garden of the Lord, or like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord, Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan plain. Then Lot traveled eastward, and they separated from each other. So Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the plain, setting up his tent in the vicinity of Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were particularly evil and sinful in their defiance of the Lord. Okay, so to answer our question, it seems like in verse 8, it does say that they were <laughs> having trouble. Yes. Having trouble. But Abram, being the leader, wanted to make, took the initiative, I guess, to make sure that there wasn't, you know, problems between them. They were family. I mean, even if he wasn't supposed to be there, Abram still wanted to do the right thing. Yep. And certainly is, is gracious, because he gives him the first choice 
It's a nice Sunday school. It's a nice, uh, I actually think it's a Sesame Street lesson here. Yeah. So you got a piece of cake and you got two people. One person cuts and the other person chooses, right? Yeah. Aren't you a little old for Sesame Street, well, Mark? You, you never you yeah. gotta keep relearning those lessons. Everything you needed to know. Yes. So Abram was very gracious, giving him the first choice of where to go. And <laughs> what did Lot do with that choice? He picked the bad one. He did a bad choice. Well, did he? Took well, the bigger piece of pie. He definitely took the bigger piece of pie. Well, I think I think it's interesting. He did take the bigger piece, um, the better but piece. in both cases, um, so. In verse 10, it says, Lot lifted up his eyes mm -hmm. and beheld the plain of Jordan, right? And then later, the Lord says to Abram, lift up now thine eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of an interesting thing where the one was a self-motivated thing and the other one was... Selfless. Yeah. It was a gift. And so what was... This is kind of a, a thing that obviously is going to play out in Lot's life in not a very good way. How did Lot make his decision on which way to go? Well, so the eyes. What? This looks beautiful. I want it. Yeah. 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 And where did it end him? So, okay, his first landing spot put him where? So he looked up and he was going to go into the, uh, into the, um, Oh, a little further, I guess 11. The Jordan Valley, Lot journeyed east. Mm -hmm. And then it says, Lot moved his tent as far as Sodom. And yours, I think yours gets the more the better sense of it. He pitched his tent in the vicinity yeah. of Sodom. Right. So he, he wasn't really in Sodom. Mm -hmm. So, But his, his, his choice obviously stuck him in a place that, next to some people that weren't going to be um, the best neighbors. <laughs> yeah. So Lot was making decisions based on what looked good physically and didn't take into account. Now, I don't know if he knew the people of Sodom or not. I don't know if their reputation preceded them, you know, in the physical material realm. But obviously God was taking notice of them and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Anything else in those verses? I don't know what the, the, exactly how to describe it, but the feeling is kind of like, um, sort of, I don't know, I kind of get the feeling that he knew what that was, you know, mm. but yet, okay, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to go there, but I'm, yeah. it's kind of like when you don't sin, but you kind of yeah, our pastor used flirt to, with it a little bit. Our, you know, our pastor used to call that defense pushers. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and you just know, Greg just talked about it in a lot of recent sermons too about not uh, seeing how close you could come, but see how you know that's so like he was seeing how close he could come without mm -hmm. getting there. You know, well, it didn't take him too long. No, he usually <laughs> doesn't, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and there was a whole like progression to that as well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not just like it's not like he just showed up there and was in it. Right, so he pitches his tent. Mm -hmm. He then is he obviously he's there in the town. He then is in the gates, which means he's involved with the leadership or the the government that whatever the people are that are in the know in the town. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if there was another step there or not. I don't recall, but well, I think next chapter he's he's in he's in the town. Yeah, yeah, because they took, carried him away. Right when right. they when they when they came. Oh, um, the the other thing I just want to go back to, which I think is interesting, I think it's verse seven, just temporarily. Um, I I thought it odd that there was that line there where it says, uh, "and the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwell then then in the land." Like so, you hear, you know, the herdsmen are having trouble, and oh by the way, there's these people there, mm -hmm. um, and so I. I I, I looked around at different commentaries on that, and they were just kind of noting that it may have been that Abram was 
realizing the example he was giving that he and Lot were giving uh, and yeah. desired to kind of separate because of that. Not only between the strife between them, but mm -hmm. also as the example. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I just want to go back to that. I'm just going through my notes again. <laughs> well, the other interesting thing, too, is uh, Abram is, says to Lot, the whole land is before you. Go which way you will. That that promise was given to him by God. It wasn't. It didn't seem like that. Was, it seemed like that was a non-transferable, right? So Abram sort of gives it over to Lot and says, "Oh, wherever you want to go." But that isn't. I mean, the promise was given to Abram, or is is going to be given to Abram mm -hmm. in the next. You know, and at the end of this this section. Um, so I don't know if it was it was Abram's right to say to Lot, "Oh, we'll go wherever which way you want to go," you know. Did we get that far? Did we read that? Far? Oh, I, I, I jumped ahead. Okay. Over there. So maybe we should read 14 to uh, 14 to 18. Anybody? I'll do that for you. Okay. Right. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes <coughs> and look from the place where you are northward and southward, and eastward and westward. For all, all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust on the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land, through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, I guess that's how you pronounce it, in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. All right, so here's the promise that uh, Jay was referring to. Um, yeah, so Lot lifted up his eyes and said, ooh, that looks good, I'm going to go over there. And here the Lord tells Abram, no, go look, because this is all going to be, you know, given to your, your, you and your descendants afterwards. Um, and it wasn't just one section, right? So he was just basically doing a 360 panorama. And then, and then I thought it was interesting that he was told, arise and walk. So sometimes when, I mean, I guess spiritually, sometimes God... Tell, gives us something, but we don't really know what we have until we go and look at it, so to speak, right? So there is some there is some initiative that God sometimes asks us to take. You know, go out and see what I've given you, um, and so that's what Abram did. Um, it seems like he, it seems like he only picked up and went here, but he must have been moving up and around, and then probably finally settled at at Hebron. So. One of the things that stood out to me was now Abram is where God wanted him to be, mm -hmm. right? So go out from uh, your people and the country and your land and your family to the place where I show you, which is now he's back mm -hmm. here, and now Lot is gone, mm. in it, right? So he's finally in this place where he's alone, and then the Lord speaks to him. And like to me, it's just kind of blew me away in the sense that, like, God is so incredibly patient for for us to get to where He wants us to be. Because <laughs> who knows how many years He was in Egypt? I don't even know. But you would think it was some time since He accumulated so much wealth there. Um, but then the other thing that I thought was I don't know. Does anyone have anything on that well, one? Well, the Lord waited until Lot left. Lot left before he had Abram open his eyes and see everything, and he gave Abram essentially told him, "You have this land, even though you gave it to Lot, right, including yeah. the land yeah. that he it gave to Lot, land. yeah, yeah, because yeah. he says, look in all those directions, right? Um, you know, uh, I was listening to Joe Foch's teaching on this in my car, and." Um, 
he 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 brought up a very interesting point. He was talking about looking up from the place that you are. I don't know what it says in in the King James. It's King James, but it's kind of a more modern King James, I guess. Um, but it says, uh, "Lift up your eyes and look from the place where thou art." And um, so he was just saying, you know, like sometimes it's good to take those inventories, right? To kind of, um, you know, you're here. What has God done to get you here? And so, and then, you know, Joe, Pastor Joe brought, brings in all these connections, like the north was, um, I guess, his, his family or where from where his family came from or um, and that to the east was um, the world, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and all that. So to the west was um, Bethel and because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's in memory at this point, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I may have my things mixed up. And then to the south is Egypt, mm -hmm. which is, you know, the sin or worldliness, uh, that type of sin, uh, type of thing. So it was very interesting in how um, Joe was just kind of going on this tangent of, in a sort of way of, like, you know, the things that he, God brought him out of and um, brought him to. Um, and then, of course, Adam, then or Abram responds by building an altar. Mm -hmm. um, so it was interesting. So, go ahead, go ahead, please. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like seventeen is like making me like get up, walk throughout the length and breadth of the land. Like, was this like a supernatural? Thing. How do you mean? Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine that he literally walked the entire length of the land. Oh, oh, I see. Literally. So is it some? And he's asking, is it some kind of? Well, I mean, did the Lord like, like, take him out of this for a moment to like allow him to, to like get all that? Obviously, in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, well, we don't know what happened between from the from the Lord saying "get up and get up and look," and then "arise and walk." So, seventeen verse eighteen says Abraham moved his tent. We don't know if there was right physical movement. But still, that's a lot of that's a that's a big area to cover. But it also it also said, "Well, say walk through the length and breadth." It didn't say walk in the length and breadth of every square foot of the land. Because he could have walked so far and then looked and said, "Okay, you know." Walk throughout the length and breadth of the land. It sounds pretty precise. Sounds pretty far. Yeah, long walk. <laughs> All right, just it's something to ponder. I mean, he's he's done that with others, so why not Abram? Well, I guess the question would be too is going look ahead to chapter fourteen. What's the time frame from this point? goes to rest and walk. How many years, what's the difference in time? Right. How much time do you actually have to explore the land? Right. Does it seem like you know, he's, he's hooking him up with his promise. Right. Here, check out what I'm giving you. Right. So, yeah. it'd be kind of cool if that's what it was. the literal translation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually trying to look at any age in the future or in the future scripture verses. Right. Well, yeah, the literal translation, like Young's literal translation, says, go up and down through the land to its length and to its breadth, and to thee I give it. So it does It does yeah. sound like it's like check inclusive. It all out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool if he, like, <coughs> you know, here, let me help you out, <laughs> you know. But how, how do you think Abram felt with the line that God said, um, 15, all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Hmm. Given the fact that he didn't have any children. <laughs> right. What descendant? <laughs> sure. So what's right. going through Abram's mind at this point? Right. Well, He's blown away. Great. Like, what does that mean? 
Yeah, I'm happy. Need a kid. <laughs> Jay said he said Jay said Abram's probably middle age by now, sure. so he can only enjoy the land for another, you know, right. seventy like, years. Yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> he lives to like hundred. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so where do you think where do you think Abram's thinking was was at at this point? I'm sure, he's blown away because I mean, it doesn't. He hasn't. Nothing's recorded of his response to that, other than. He moved his tent. <laughs> and he built an altar. Yeah. And he built and he, an yes. altar. So built he an worship. altar. He worshipped. Yeah. So, so something moved him. Sure. So he must be trusting the bit. Yeah, he believed. That's what it's got to be like. You know? Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it indicates he believed the Lord. So mm. it was just like. Right. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna see a little bit later in some of the some of the following chapters. He believed, but he wasn't had any. He didn't really have any idea how this was gonna happen. Well, because yeah. he actually says to the Lord, "How can this be? Yeah, mm-hmm. for I am old and my wife is barren." Right. And then the Lord says, So here's, and then another thing, interesting thing is he says, uh, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So do we think we can count the dust of the earth? I'm sure scientists think they can count the dust of the earth. It's so, take a while. So what, what is his offspring mm-hmm. referring to? Israel. But like, all of creation? Israel. Definitely Israel. But also, his other offspring, too. Correct. Right, so we're the yes, we're the ingrafted, right? Israel, mm-hmm. the children of, or the yeah, the children of the promise, the children of the faith. So, I mean, I guess there's, you could probably try to number number of believers in the world, but I think it would be kind of hard to do. But it's not just them; it's through it, all generations, right? It's right, that, like, right, that right. too. So, you know, it might be easy enough to right find or try to count everybody that's alive. It's a whole different thing to count everyone. But there's also the aspect too that you don't really know who the true, mm-hmm. true believers are, the, the true Israelites and the true, you know, Christians. If you want to, if you want to, or just say the true children <clears throat> are. So you really couldn't count them, even if you tried. You can't mm-hmm. go to the church rolls and tally them all up because they aren't all real, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, it looks like we might have to roll in the fourteen. <laughs> There's a lot of people on 14. Who get on phonics working for meth? <laughs> Anybody have anything else to to uh, that came out from these verses? Want to bring up for chapter 13? Lot doesn't build an altar. No, he doesn't, doesn't say anything about. This one in Sodom, don't worry. Now, he he could <laughs> have. There's an altar the, in Sodom, but the fact that. God admitted the Holy Spirit admitted that. I think it's yeah, it, it fits the pattern that he's setting. That's that's a good observation. The other the other thing that kinda I kept hanging on, which I couldn't really come up with anything that reason why my attention was drawn to it, was the the statement that Abram removed his tent. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just struck me like, okay, like but I felt like it should mean something and I couldn't think of anything. Well, Canaan was a wicked, wicked country, which was con- which was conquered by the Hebrews, and then, and it is now Israel, and they, he moved it to Hebron. I, I don't know. Do we know anything about it? Where the is, I don't know if Hebron was part of Canaan, but it may maybe the Lord uh, moved it out of Canaan, knowing what it was going to become before the Hebrews conquered it. Well, I think the whole country was inhabited by... Then why why yeah. just move from point A to point B? What, what would be the... The, um... the only thing that I actually came up with for it, which just kind of seemed like, a, okay, that is obvious, is that 
Abram obeyed God because if the command in 17 is to arise and walk and walk the length and the breadth of it for I will give it unto thee and so then Abraham was like okay sure he packed up his bag and left <laughs> I wish we had Pastor Derek's maps here to say where's Bethel from mm-hmm. from uh, yeah I believe Bethel is to the west or to the east let's see it's that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hold on. I think it's Hebron near Jericho. What's that? Uh, Hebron means communion. Interesting. So Interesting. he's there communing with God. Yeah. Where Lot is. That's cool. Next to Sodom. See, right. not having my old paper Bible. I don't have the maps. Map of the world of Abraham. Look, that's the first Google result. Wait, hold on. Do we need a visual or? You can try to share it. So Hebron. If he can switch it. Hebron. Bethel is north of Jerusalem. Right. And Hebron is south of Jerusalem. And. So he actually, when he came out of Egypt, he actually went past Jerusalem to Bethel. And then he picked up his tent and he moved south of Jerusalem to Hebron. But, yeah. So. Is the Apple TV on? Yeah, it will get there. No, it's not. You need oh, the silver remote the to TV hit the big TV. button, but you can't. You have to be underneath the TV to do it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a sort of visual. Then. Yeah. So they weren't. They weren't like big. It didn't seem like it was a big distance there, but north and south of Jerusalem. But it may have been where he just landed. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just struck me as as something that was, and Abram removed his tent. And that whole area, um, Paul, was called Canaan. Okay, now here's Jericho down here by the Dead Sea in the south. And to the south east is Hebron. It doesn't say how many miles. Southwest. So, whatever. Well, tomato, <laughs> tomato. <laughs> um, Significant if you're draft driving. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, I have like a map approximately. They like trying to approximate where everything is. Let's see if it says where AI is. That should be just across the Jordan River. So from here to here. Next to the the Jericho. Jericho. On the right side. And is Sodom Gomorrah at the base of the Dead Sea there? Once you click it on, you need to switch to HDMI 3 or whatever. Two or something. It doesn't say say where AI is. Two. Two. There's Jericho right down there. Ant Man. Let's watch it. Oh, that's what the minions are doing. Hold this. Remember, Mark, it wasn't that far by bus. <laughs> That's right. It was like that. <laughs> That's better. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right there. <laughs> Can you magnify it a little? <laughs> nah, it's oh, there you go. Yeah. There, there you go. go. Okay. So where's the laser pointer? <laughs> so where do we want? Okay, so you got Bethel. North of Jerusalem, right? Maybe I'll get up there. There you go. And here's AI, right next to Jerusalem, even closer. We didn't go to AI. I guess we did. We went to Bethel. Did we? I don't remember. Where were we when we had lunch with Abraham? That was East Jerusalem. Remember we went back out towards the Dead Sea and went like up in the Judean foothills? I thought it was north of but it might have been. Hebron is south of Jerusalem. South of Hebron. It was probably Hebron. Probably, yeah. Probably. And that's Bethel, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, because En remember, we drove past that. So we were definitely much closer to Jerusalem. Hebron is south of And then go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that. Yeah. Probably not even on there. Yeah, 
it's not on there. Oh, okay. You don't want that on there anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but it says he moved from Bethel to Hebron. Yeah. But it may have been part of his journey. We don't know that he moved directly from one to place to the other. Mm-hmm. It may have been a part of his walking the length and breadth of it that he landed in Hebron. But then if Hebron means... Hebron International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> if that means communion, then that would be a good place They have an airport there? I'm just kidding. Oh, I didn't know. He said he landed in Hebron. So. Okay. I doubt this. <laughs> Come on, we're doing a good job here. Okay. Okay, you know what? I think we can we can tee this one up. We can tee up this a little bit, right? Okay. Okay. So this is a very important chapter because it, it has reverberations throughout the rest of Scripture, particularly to the Messiah. So, um, so Genesis chapter fourteen. Oh, Lot got himself in trouble. Oh yeah. <laughs> Would somebody like to read one through seven? All right. Maybe we should be nicer than that because there's a lot of names. Okay. All right. Oh, I wasn't doing it to be mean. (laughs) It's just a tough tough read. At the time when Amraphel was king of Shinar, Ariok was king of Elessar, Chedolomer was king of Elam. <laughs> and Tidal who was king of Goim they engaged in war against King Bera of Sodom King Bersha of Gomorrah <laughs> King Shinab of Admah King Shemember of Zeboim along with the king of Bela who is also known as Zoar hmm. all of this latter group of kings allied <coughs> together in the valley of Siddim that is the Salt Sea they were subject to for 12 years. <laughs> but they rebelled in the 13th year. In the 14th year, Chedolaramir and the kings with him came and defeated the Rephaim in Ashtarkoth Karnaim. <laughs> the Zuzites in Ham, the Emites in Shavakirathim. <laughs> Where 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 first are we on now? (laughs) 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 Thank you. And the Horites, the hill country of Seir, near El Paran, by the desert. Next, they turned back and came to En Mishpat, which was also known as Kadesh, and conquered all the territory of the Malachites, Mm -hmm. along with the Amorites, who lived in. (laughs) I need a nap after that. I could. It'd be completely different. (laughs) (laughs) So when you come to those names, now obviously you said you you said earlier before when we first got here that the names are important. Right. (laughs) If you get to the point, don't let the name stop you. I had a pastor. He said, if you get to a tough name, you just say wheelbarrow and roll right over. Right. So King Wheelbarrow, and you just keep going. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what do we got? We got a we got a war going on in this land where, well, well Abram and Lot both are, and so it's mm-hmm. some pagan Canaanite kings fighting against each other. So do we recall how many years it's been since Noah? Because likely Noah was alive when Abram was born. Yes. Um, but. Noah was pretty old. I think it was like 500 years total that he was after the flood. I don't remember. Does anyone remember? I'm just trying to get a guideline. Because I'm, I'm impressed that there's all these kings, but you made a point about... Kings weren't... It's a loose. You could be a king of the city and not the king of the country. Yeah, But they obviously had enough people to go out and fight against each other. Right. But they tended to group together. It looks like five kings went to three kings. Five against four, I yeah. think. Yeah. So. Okay, it looks like Abram was two years old when Noah died. Okay. If I'm reading this correctly. Who was two? Abram. Abram. Do we do we know how far after the flood Noah died? So now, according to Greg's thing, 
Might have been a little longer, but it may have been, yeah, because it depends on how you calculate Abram's age. But it was several hundred years, right? Noah lived yeah. several hundred years after the flood, yeah, and then he died. Right. Just yeah. I did a search. This one says Shem, Noah, and Abraham all lived together for thirty-nine years. Okay. Right. So we have, I guess, the point that Jay's trying to make is, so you started with eight people, and they populated enough to have this many kings with this many men to fight each other in this land at least. Right. You had had basically Nimrod. like Nimrod and then the separation of the peoples, then the Tower of Babel. Right. Which is a further separation. And ultimately here you are with several kings coming together to battle. Mm -hmm. So they were keeping the commandment be fruitful and multiply. And this is the first war that's discussed it in, is. in the scripture. Yeah. You know, that's that's better than it was. So the flood is the big line? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So yeah. 448 years, is that okay. what we're saying? So that's 20 generations. Well, if you roughly say 20 generations. All right. Okay. For what that's worth. So it looks like there was some 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 uh, consolidation of power. This guy that nobody can pronounce, Chedorlaomer, <laughs> he had people under him, but then they decided to revolt. So, so it's at least well. I don't know when this happened. We don't know when they started getting together. So, well, it's in four, verse four in my version. It says, 12 years after twelve years they had ser served." Cheeto Cheeto Lomar, but the thirteenth year they rebelled. Right, but not sure if the, those years are tied to when Abram moved or not. So we're not sure <coughs> what that. Excuse me. Is. Did you did you have anything on the names meanings or? Joe had a lot. Like he went on and on about the different meanings, particularly of the Emes. Uh huh. Yeah, that's, I have a note for that too. Okay, and I'm, I was looking for the note on it, but I can't find it. The note. So the note is so when it says in verse four and following, where you say and they defeated the Rephaim and they, the Zumzim and the Emim and the Horites, those are actually names of the tribes of the giants. They show up later in, in, in the scripture um, where, when, they, when they go into spy and they say, we saw mm -mm, in the land, mm -hmm. you know, the big, the big people. So here's, here's an instance where, remember way back in Genesis 6, we had read that there were giants in the land in those days and also after the flood. Right. So the question that comes up, if they, these guys are fighting the giants and they're, they're beating the, these tribes of giants, where did the giants come from if everybody died in the flood except for Noah and his and his kids? So it could be in their genes. In whose genes? Shem, Ham, and Tiffy. Or his wife's. Or their wives. Right. Hmm. Or some have suggested that there was a second round of fallen angels fallen. coming down and doing the same stuff they did before the flood, you know, having kids, um, having more Nephilim, if you want to. Um, so there's, it's really not clear, but it's obvious that there was more, there was giants in the land again, again. And there were enough of them to have tribes of Nef of, of giants, because I think they're, they're numbered something like 24, 25 tribes of giants. These these mim these anything that has an M after it seems to be a tribe of giants. So you'll see those names just thrown throughout the throughout the scripture. Yeah, that's just something to blow our minds away. Giants, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how tall was uh? Goliath. Goliath. He was like nine. Nine. Seven, seven. He was a small giant. He was a small giant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Og, King Og, he was. Yeah, his bed was 15, yeah. so I'm assuming he had a little room. Yeah, wiggle room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
Tables are big. And, mm. Andre the Giant was pretty. Uh, he was a big dude. He was a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> they showed him holding a beer can. It looked like a, like one of those little tiny communion cup tomato paste <laughs> cans. Yeah, yeah. And his hand was, like, ridiculously yeah. huge. Yeah. Look at the basketball players. Remember anybody named like Yao Ming? Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I stood next to him. And I was like, that He's guy, tall. That guy's head is like that big. <laughs> <laughs> He still fits into a beautiful cross very nicely. <laughs> yeah, after. So here, and so, so then you've got, so you think about that. So we don't know how big these giants were, but you have men and these kings, you know, going after them and fighting them. So they were fierce. These were fierce men um, that came and did this, did this war on this, on this land. So then, do we do we keep going? Do one more one more paragraph. One more round. We just stop. Uh, we at eight. So eight, eight to twelve, if you want to read that. Okay. And there went out the king of Sodom, and the king of Gomorrah, and the king of Ama, Aha, Adha, and the king of Zeborium, and the king of Bela. The same is sore, and they joined battle with them <coughs> in the Vale of Siddim. Which one did you want to stop? No, keep going all the way to 12. Oh, 12. Yeah. With Seror Alamor, the king of Elam, and with Tidal, king of nations, and Amraphil, king of Shehranar, and the Aari, king of El um, Sar, four kings with five. And the Vale of Siddam was full of slime pits. And the kings <laughs> of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, and they that remained fled to the mountains. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their vessels <coughs> and went their way. And they took Lot. Abram's brother's son who dwelt in Sodom, Sodom and his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrews for he dwelt in the plains of Mimriam the Amorite the brother of Ashkor the brother of Anor and these were confident with Abram. Confederate, yeah. So, so what do we got here? Slime pits. Yeah. So basically, it <laughs> went through all the names that we went through in the first couple of verses. Basically, to just say, yeah, there was a war between and Sodom and Gomorrah lost. And Sodom and Gomorrah lost, and they ran away, ran away. And it's funny because yours said they were full of slime pits. I think this was mine says butumen pits. <laughs> so butumen, where do we hear that word before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the same stuff that Noah what? used. Oh. Right? He, yeah. he coated the ark inside and out with butamin or pitch. Mm-hmm. So, tar pits. Mm. So, uh, slime pit sounds better, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have, slime pits. Yeah. Um, it would be funny if we found some of them, wouldn't it? Probably still be, right? Um, okay, so I guess the, yeah, the outcome is Sodom and Gomorrah lost. Those kings that were that were with them lost, and they ran away. Um, so I guess the, you know, obviously, the custom at that time was, you go in, you take all their, their stuff, and you take it back with you, including the people, right? So, so lo and behold, verse twelve, his tent was only in the vicinity of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, and now we're it's there. <laughs> it's there. 
Right. You always wind up crossing the line. Right. So I guess Lot was considered a, you know, a, a citizen of Sodom, and he was taken mm -hmm. captive, right? <clears throat> um. Anything else? Mm -hmm. The servant ran to Abram, Abram like he knew that Abram could help. Hmm. And it's interesting. It says Abram the mine says Abram Abram the Hebrew. Hebrew yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like that seems like the first time that they called him out. So it seems like we've got another um, first war. The first time Abram's being called a Hebrew. And this is interesting because there are people that argue that the word Hebrew isn't in the Bible. That it was a made-up term, you know, that the sometime during the Middle Ages there was a conversion of people in Turkey, and they took on all the characteristics of the quote-unquote Hebrews, and then came back, and now they they're the ones that are possessing the land. So those aren't real Hebrews because there really were there really were no Hebrews in the in the in, in the Bible. And I'm like, well, here it is, right here. So the devil worshippers were. <laughs> They're fake. They're coffee makers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to your point, uh, it seems like they knew that Abram was a pretty pretty tough dude. Or at least they knew that he was related a lot and they saw Lot get taken away. So it's not clear whose servant ran. Was it Lot's servant? Um, yeah. Was one came one who escaped? Yeah. Was it Lot's neighbor living in, next door to him in Sodom? Was it yeah. one of the survivors? Yeah. Could be a type of the Holy Spirit. Usually, usually an unnamed person mm -hmm. does something significant to help out. <clears throat> so. And then that would be the mercy of the Lord. Showing mercy to that too, yeah, absolutely. But I guess you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know. So here, yes. So who's he showing mercy? He's showing mercy to Lot mm -hmm. because he's related to Abram, mm -hmm. right? Because technically, he put himself in that in position. position. <laughs> and he has bailed us out in scripture and in real life, right? When we've messed up, right? And we know, and I think we we mentioned it last week. Was um, it's it it says in other places in scripture that Lot was tortured in his righteous soul by the stuff that Sodom was the people in Sodom were doing. So I don't know how that works out, but you would think that a holy righteous man was in <clears throat> Sodom, and like you said, he ends up in the gates of Sodom, yeah. in the leadership. Is he is he trying to use his influence to pull them away from their wickedness, or is he? Is he getting sucked into it? You know, and that, I guess there's implications there for, you know, how does a Christian involve himself in politics, you know, local worldly affairs or whatnot without getting sucked in? Now, obviously, I don't think that the governments here are as bad as Sodom in the war. Not yet. <laughs> That's pretty clear. Anything else? Okay, I guess we should finish this one section. Mm -hmm. How far do you want to go? Just to we get, we can't we can't do Melchizedek because that's too much. Yeah. yeah. Thirteen through through sixteen. Yeah. So we had thirteen. So fourteen. Seventeen. Eighteen is where Melchizedek. Fourteen to sixteen. Okay. You know, we got stuff there. Yeah. You want me to read it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it looks easier than the other ones. Uh, and when Abram heard. That his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318. No small party of people, by the way. And pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them. And pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. He's no joke. 
He's not a he's not a old man on a cane. <laughs> nope. What gets me is you had three hundred so three hundred and eighteen trained men. Yeah. That were born in his house. Yeah. Right. So. But not not the inheritance. And like if this is the first war, like why I mean they were trained he was ready, I guess. Uh, interesting, yeah. I mean there may have been other things, sure. Well you gotta have a lot of people to uh, care for all those uh, animals. You know, but the fact that they were trained indicates that they were trained for war. Yeah, it seems like they knew what they were doing. Well, so was David was uh, was um, trained Shepherd. to how to um, with a slingshot to the before he he um, encountered Goliath to to keep the wild animals all out out of um, away from the flocks and the herds. You don't. And uh, Moses uh, had an encounter or with um, some unfriendlies while he was in the before in the wilderness before he uh, he came back to Egypt to uh, to lead lead the Hebrews out. But sure, there, and I, there had been more by then. There had been battles. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you might just need security yeah. if you've got all these flocks and herds and stuff. Right, because yeah. they they weren't in, they wasn't Israel yet. It wasn't yeah. their land. It wasn't his land. Actually, he had no land. Right? right, he was never given. Well, he bought a little piece later on, but it was really no. It was really nobody's land except for the people that the kings that were there. He probably needed security. Yeah, and and, and just by the just because it's the first notable war, sure, doesn't mean that there weren't others. And I'm sure there were things that led up to this war. Wasn't just one day there was war. There had to be a series of other events that ultimately led to this. So I'm sure he was well piped into what was going on in the region. Sure. Yep. And it's good to know too that Abraham led forth his trained men. He didn't go send them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So he was out. He was out there with them. You know, fighting and whatnot. Um, now the interesting thing too is look what it says. Now, we saw the map, right? So Jerusalem is down in the center of the country. So Bethel, Hebron, Jerusalem. He pursued them as far as Dan. And then a little bit further, it says he, he, he took them all the way, pursued them all the way to Hoba, north of Damascus. That's in Syria. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were talking earlier about, you know, how could he have traversed? Well, they obviously moved. I don't know how long this battle took, but, you know, that's a hoof. Yeah, it's a long way. You know, that's the tippy top of Israel. And we talk about, you know, the, the rectangle of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's all the way at the top. And it's past that, actually. Yeah. Right on the top side. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Crazy. And they were, dry, so they, the, I guess the people that had started the war were also carrying with them all the, all the stuff and the people as they were per, being pursued. Cool. So it must have been quite a sight to see. Yeah. <laughs> so if Abram had a 318, how many did each one of those guys have? A couple hundred, a couple thousand, going up and up and up. So. The 300 reminds me, too, of Gideon. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Gideon whittling him down. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want it to be, you know, because of the number of the people. Sure. Didn't want it to be that they realized God wanted that. Right. Well, and I guess the other thing too is these kings had been the one they went and attacked the giants and beat them, but yet they were running away from Abram, Abram and his and his men. So there must have been, there probably was some supernatural thing going on as well. You know, God took the fear of God in him, so to speak, mm-hmm. so God could give uh, Abram the victory. Oh no! These kings beat the these these kings beat the giants, right? So they should they were very fierce in in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. So he's all so that's how you get us from going from south. Hebron is south. Bethel is north. Hebron is south. Mm -hmm. 
he went and attacked them and he drove them all the way up north. And so we're going to pick up next week. He stops along the way at a certain important place. And <laughs> meets a certain particular person. Yeah, he meets a certain yeah. particular person. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Read ahead. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> Anything else? No. Okay. One more close? Sure. You're going to sing for us? We can all sing. Baron. <laughs> but not Baron. And no one's wife. That's right. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.